Well, hey there, everybody. Welcome back to a tail end of a very, very hot summer. My name is Jason Sketch, and we are super overjoyed and glad that you guys have decided to spend your summer with us listening to a dicey experience because it's too darn hot to go outside and do, well, anything. I am the DM for this campaign. I am known as Jason Sketch, and I am super thankful and glad that you guys have decided to spend another potential hour of your day with us. Sitting across from me, um, picking his nose, is my buddy. Which buddy's picking his nose? Oh, that's not my buddy. Who are you? Go away. Ah, oh, perfect. He has moved and his seat has been now replaced with my my good friend, Lazy Man Gamer. Haha, -ha, success. Lazy Man, tell us about yourself and who you play. This feels like a trap. <laughs> <laughs> I am not picking my nose. <laughs> uh, I am Lazy Man Gamer. I play the Herengon Rogue Ranger Jean Lafayette. Uh, the dashing swashbuckler attempting to learn how to deal with this Drake thing and has mixed feelings about the demise of his captain. Sitting awkwardly close to him on his right side there is my good buddy Stolen who's attempting to share a mic with um, the lazy man. Uh, tell us about yourself, Stolen. Hey everybody, it's Stolen. I am playing Cruz Saipan. Uh, the warlock turtle and potentially new captain of the string you know I was lieutenant now I'm captain I think it works right <laughs> sitting on the far side of the table with two microphones for some strange reason is a uh, buddy meerkat hey buddy this is captain meerkat <laughs> <laughs> playing uh lucas the the chef man well this this story has gone in in several different places in different locations but um, i'm excited to say congratulations guys with the end of that last episode you've completed your first arc and give yourselves a round of applause <laughs> well yeah well done it took us 16 episodes or 15 episodes but we got there so but with that in mind like any new arc that's beginning just like your average anime or TV show, cartoon show, the opening scene begins to change. We are no longer watching that crazy sequel fly over the ship and greeting all the different characters along the way. We are now getting ready to begin a new and awesome and epic opening to our story here. So um, in this anime opening, as we're watching the camera kind of open up, uh, is it rock music that's playing in the background or is it more like smooth jazz? What, what kind of tone of music are we hearing? Rock. 100% rock. 100% rock. Okay, yeah. Can I get that electric guitar going? That is not rock. That is bluegrass country. Banjo. Deliverance. Let me hear your electric guitar, lazy man. Oh, man. That sounds a little more like the devil went down to Georgia. Yeah. The rock music is playing. It's a it's a heavy riff from an electric guitar. You got some cool drums kind of in the background going. As we're leaning in, the camera's opening up, and we see a sea serpent spring up out of the water, and it's roaring into the sky. Um, I say with this one, first thing you're going to see is um, our three teammates getting ready to attack this giant sea serpent. What 
do each of you guys do? Brew is going to charge headfirst at the sea serpent with his hand axe pulled out. He's going to run, slide, and hit the sea serpent, jump up on the other side, turn to the camera, and wink. Perfect. The camera first falls in crew. You do that slide, that cut, and that beautiful wink. It kind of does that. Um, kind of use this the, right when the symbol from the drums get, you know, right when your wink goes off. Beautifully done. Who's next? John is going to be hopping around the ship and up and down on the, the serpent's back and, and stabbing periodically with his rapier and uh, do a, a nice, you know, spread eagle backflip off of the uh, sea serpent and uh, as his face comes into focus he's gonna blow a kiss to the camera beautiful what a wonderful flip that it's a cool guitar riff that kind of happens uh, with a little deep bass every time you bounce lucas uh, I am standing at the uh, what's the little pole at the end of the ship what's that called hmm I'm standing at the pole at the end of the ship. <laughs> <laughs> the stern? <laughs> I'm standing on the stern of the ship. And I I twirl around, and as I'm twirling, my hand goes in my pocket, and as I uh, start facing the camera, I uh, throw out my hand, and a bunch of popcorn uh, flies into the camera in slow motion, and the waves uh, come up behind me, and, and uh, kind of arc over me beautifully done yeah the popcorn slams into that sea serpent it starts to go down and you see yeah you see a couple other couple other quick things before the scene kind of changes you got um freddy who's running in a panic back and forth across the ship you see nameless and um the little fairy dragon whose name is fang fang off the tip of my head that's right off the tip of my tongue uh, Fang and Nameless look at each other, they nod and they jump off and they make a scratch attack against the sea serpent. And as it's going down, the uh, the captain will fly by with his fancy crystallized wings, use his long, big old great sword, and he'll just cut the head of that sea serpent's head off. And the head will f- scroll down from the top of the screen to the bottom, and we fade into a black background where we see the captain quickly crystallize into his new crystallized form where he's now petrified. The, the song kind of changes a little bit, it's a little more... Um, not as, as exciting, a little more sad, but still with the same pace that it had before. Um, and on the right side, with his back turned to the captain, I'm um, on the captain's right side, with his back turned towards the captain, um, stands John holding the new crystal sword. John, tell me what kind of position are you standing in? What are you doing in this small scene? Where it's just a black background, the captain's there, and you're fading in on the right side. Uh, I've got the crystal sword out and basically pointing out in front of me into the black nothingness and uh, I extend my other hand out and as I extend it out the helm materializes in front of me again just against the black nothingness and John's just standing there pointing off into the distance and manning the helm. The scene flashes and there's three cool things or key things that we see that kind of describe and gives the viewers an idea of who Jean is. What are these three scenes that we see suddenly pop up about Jean? Three more scenes? <laughs> I told you, prepare three I've scenes. already given two! Two of them, these are what I had already planned! <laughs> oh, buddy. <laughs> three good scenes. Let us know. What's the first one? Something made oh, you your background. Good, good. And 
<laughs> okay. Oh my gosh. Uh. Okay. Give me two seconds. Okay. Uh. What is my character's name? Jean Lafayette. Jean Lafayette. Okay. So my friend's name is Drake. Your friend's uh, name is Nameless. Not that friend. Oh. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh huh. Okay. I've got two. Let me think of one more real quick. Uh, what have we done here lately? Fodacy Serpent, the Nilbog thing. Simblar's moment, when you went and get the money from Simblar, you uh, ran away. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Simblar. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Merp was there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I got him. All right, let's go. We'll, we'll edit this out. <laughs> Someone will. <laughs> All right. So what are these three things, three moments? Uh, so the first one is... Uh, Jean sitting at the table with the Nilbog and you know we're negotiating back and forth and it's a tense moment uh, around the contract and you know Jean's it's a, a silent scene with the music playing over it and you know you can see Jean and the Nilbog going back and forth and trying to work out the details of this contract and then it shifts into the the second scene and it's a little bit darker and a much younger Jean and uh, a companion of his who we haven't met are stealing off of a, a ship and jumping onto a, a rowboat into the night and pulling away as, as silently as they can under the cover of darkness. And then it shifts one more time and we see a, a slightly younger Jean, even younger than him as he's stealing away from the ship and he's got his feet propped up on Sam Lars desk and he's tossing a coin bag from one hand to the other and just staring down the poor Sam Lar. Dude I got chills that's awesome <laughs> uh, we fade back in from that scene from you hanging out tossing the bag on Sam Lars desk and Sam Lar kind of panicking a little bit um, and on the right side of Captain um, begins to appear Lucas um, his back is also turned towards the captain, but what do we see here, Lucas? Uh, like, uh... It's like a silhouette, so you've got the, you got the captain there, he's, he's kind of like looking up into the sky, and he's petrified and frozen. Um, on the right side, you've got Jean, who's got the helm, and he's got the sword pointing off, um, towards the right. You're now on the left side of the captain. Um, your back is turned towards the captain, but what do you... Oh. We're kind of creating an Im final image here where we'll hopefully right, have right, crew right. somewhere on the image as well. Uh, so I'm holding the uh, the sapphire shields and I have my uh, rolling pin fronds uh, just kind of um, in my hands and resting on my shoulder. Okay, perfect. And do uh, you have any facial expression or anything? Uh, just a, a sad stoic look as he just gazes off into the horizon we, we follow your gaze into the horizon and it flashes into three scenes about Lucas what do we what do we see uh, so the uh, the first one it, it kind of uh, a quick zoom in uh, from the outside of his uh, family home and it zooms in through the front door and to Lucas at the kitchen who's furiously chopping uh, vegetables with a big smile on his face and it suddenly uh, shifts in a big uh, burst of fire that ends uh, with him silhouetted in fire in front of an oven on the ship and he's 
furiously uh, uh, tossing a steak in a fry pan and then it quickly uh, shifts to a table of the captain and John and Lucas and crew at the table and are all smiling and having a good time around the food and then at the end it kind of like has a little uh, thought uh, bubble in the corner of the captain turning into Crystal and Lucas getting a, a angry look on his face and it just goes to him at the oven furiously working away at uh, the dish that he is and then just kind of staring into the flames and the food as it uh, slowly fades to black so as it, it fades back out of, oh my gosh you guys are you guys well done man this is incredible um it fades into black and we're going back into that scene and we, we see now jean's on the right lucas is on the left captain's still petrified in the middle and right in front of the captain kind of just that still turns toward the captain facing the screen we've got crew crew what are you doing crew is grabbing the necklace hanging around his his neck and just has one hand stuck up straight up in the air but open palmed up into the air beautiful any expression on his face or is he just just a look of uh pissed offness so angry yeah yep. um we see we kind of see the angry face first and we watch your hand rise up in the air um and the camera just kind of follows that same motion with your hand it kind of is almost like we're being eldritch blast into your scenes um what do we see the first scene is you're standing inside a cave, very dark. All you can really see is the silhouette of a very young crew kind of stumbling through this cavern when all of a sudden there's a bright light flash and that bright light flash takes you into the second scene where you see a, a younger crew, not much younger than what he is now, sitting at a table at an inn uh, sipping on what you assume to be mead and a younger gnome figure walks up to him and puts her hand on his shoulder um, the camera then zooms in to her hand which then moves on to the final scene where you see crew standing up in the crow's nest just staring at the horizon with the, the ring in his hand and he's just staring between the ring and the horizon oh my gosh chills i've got chills these are so good guys well done we, we go back into this scene and it, we have all three of you guys standing around the captain just kind of like you're getting ready to make you know your big decisions and it's a big moment for you guys and then um from the top, we see the Nobog. He falls, and he sits on top of your captain's head, um, just kind of his head, feet dangling down, and he kind of reaches up and grabs something from the top of the screen, and as he pulls down, you see Sally, Sarah, and Lily fall to the ground as they're pulling down the sail, and the sail appears in front of you guys, and it says, The Fates. Very nice. Very, very nice. And then, you know, the production company and all that pops up before we fade into our scene. Um, it's the next morning. Um, I imagine, and you guys can let me know, you guys decided not to sail on for the rest of that day. You've kind of just stayed in whatever spot you were anchored in. Is that a safe assumption to make? Yeah, the, the captain had just pulled up the anchor, so after this, crew just walks over and pushes the anchor back in. So yeah, so the anchor had just been pulled up recently, so you guys had were planning on getting ready to go. It was late in the day, or later in the day, so you wouldn't have gotten very far, but... um. 
you guys just kind of rested for the evening, I imagine. Anything particular that happens overnight that we need to look at or take a, a picture of or even just see an image of before we move into this morning? Rue, uh, at some point, is going to grab the dagger that was in the captain. Okay. Um, it's not flashing anymore, so it's, it seems to be an ornate dagger. Um, it is so kind of a, a very pristine metal at the top. A little like of a bit of a curve at the very top, almost like in a kind of the shape of a half moon, at the top of the blade there. The hilt is of gold color, and it kind of swirls as it goes out right and left. And the holding part, where actually you're actually holding the hilt, um, is a glass um, with a red jewel at the bottom. Um, and the glass at one point was had, was purple. When you're looking at it now, you realize it was a bunch of purple little almost like beads that were inside of it. And there is, it's about one-fourth full, full now of these purple beads. Um, you can, just looking at it, you can tell it's magical in nature, um, though you may not know the name of the blade. Can I investigate it just to see if I can figure out how it works? Yeah, make an investigation check. 18? 18. Yeah, um, you, you realize that the color of the beads that were inside the little glass portion of the hilt um, it's the same color as your captain you imagine that it has to do something with the effect of once this it's like a needle it, this dagger has to be jabbed into the side of a um, amethyst dragonborn um, and it makes the dragonborn begin to crystallize and, and but the beads have to match the color of the dragonborn so it only works on the um, crystal dragonborns okay amethyst specifically with that type of bead that you see there um, you can even see looking at the blade that there's almost like a little slit where the beads might travel to go into the bloodstream or whatever of the creature it's stabbing is it is there any way to refill it or change the beads that are in it yes yeah it looks like you could screw off the red jewel at the bottom that kind of functions like a button um and you could empty it out and replace it with a different type of beads um you feel like though it can't be like if you were to put liquid in it liquid wouldn't stay very well or wouldn't transfer very well along the line like like a try to make a poison dagger it wouldn't function that way it would have to be some sort of bead like okay feature i'm just gonna carry it with me okay anything else y'all are looking to do that evening or... we uh we should probably do something with the captain so he's not just out here in the open sean will take him into the captain's quarters and Roll me crew. a strength check okay crew, crew will help i'll help as well okay 17 14 <laughs> 2 uh, Yeah, Jean and um, crew, you guys both grab the captain before Lucas can give us a chance to help <laughs> um, and start dragging him along the floor um, Lucas's 2 does manage to uh, find the keys on, on his belt still um, that magically weren't crystallized with everything else and uh, able to unlock his door um, The captain's quarters is relatively large. You guys have some, you know, decent-sized rooms, but his room is, like, massive. Um, there's a large queen bed on the far side of the room that's, of course, as you imagine, the sheets and the blankets are all tattered on it. Um, there's a large kind of globe in the middle of the room. You kind of just get an idea of him looking at a map. There's a massive bay window in the back of the boat that he can... has large curtains that are closed currently. An open chest that's completely empty on the far side. Um, but there's a, you know, a chest of drawers where you see different kind of clothings he could change into is in the room, um, different styles of, uh, Captain Cloaks. 
are there. And uh, yeah, there's there's tables in there. There's two or three different tables, and they've got papers that are just kind of scattered all over the tables. Um, you wonder why he doesn't have a desk, but then you see his organization style of just kind of papers everywhere, and you realize a desk wouldn't do him any good. So, what would you like to do? Do y'all want to try and get him into the bed? Hmm. I was just going to put him up against a corner. Somebody's going to be sleeping there. So are we just going to, like, tie him to the corner so he doesn't fall over? We can lay him on the ground. Now he's pretty heavy. Take quite a bit to knock him over. So... Is the bed large enough that we could put him under the bed? <laughs> no, the bed's <laughs> built into the ship wall. Um, okay. So, like, the box spring is built into the wall there. Okay. Just put him in a closet or something? Or... Well, I think that's a fine idea. We can throw him in the closet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a large closet in the room that he would he could fit into, sure. Oh, man. Um, right? Heave hope. Yeah. Um, open the closet. Um... Roll me, roll me perception check when you guys open that closet. Four. They're not crew. Twenty-one. Thirteen. Thirteen. Okay. Um, Lucas, you notice when here you open that closet and you begin to stick them in there that there's like a strange box like feature in the back and uh, there's like letters sticking out of this box. There's a little bit of a magic aura around the box, but there's two or three like fresh letters kind of sticking out of it. Uh, hang on, stop, stop for a second. There, there's, looks like there's some kind of box back there that's... I can feel some kind of magic coming off it. I don't... I don't know if we really want to touch any of his stuff, but... I would say we want to touch all of his stuff. <laughs> yeah, crew didn't notice because he was already halfway back to claiming the bed for himself. <laughs> uh, I mean... Not to state the obvious, but three people who we have no idea who are or where they're from just jumped aboard our ship, killed our captain, and attempted to make off with this map, and I'm assuming they probably wanted the compass as well. I think if there's any information to be gleaned from going through the captain's quarters to figure out what exactly we're dealing with would be a grand idea. Great idea. We okay. do need to find out as much as we can. Speaking of, we probably want to figure out if we can hide that map and compass just in case we are boarded again. I... I think that might be a good idea. We should probably maybe get some rest and discuss in the morning our plans from here on out after we've gone through the captain's quarters. Yeah. Um, while we're going through the captain's quarters, just periodically crew is going to check mentally in with the air genasi and just see if they're anywhere close by or if they're left. If you, you check in, you feel like they're still in pain, like they're hurting a lot from that fight. Um, you gauge emotions off of that as well or just know where they're at? No, ju I just know their location. As long as they're on the same plane. They are still on the same plane, but you feel like they are moving farther and farther away from you, um, heading in a southeastern direction. Um, you would know this direction to be be home, at least where you grew up. But they hadn't gotten that far yet, which is kind of heading in that general direction. So everybody, it, it seems like the Air Genasi and his friends are heading away from us, so that's a positive. Uh, and they seem to be going in a southeasterly direction. 
Who were they? Your guess is as good as mine. Do you know, Jean? No, they seem to know the captain, though. Maybe some of his old crewmates, people he went to the island with before. It's possible. Do you think any of those letters would say anything? Uh, but didn't one of them... One of them said something about your ring crew, about wanting it? Yeah, I have no idea. Um, my patron just gave me this ring. I think he said... He, he seemed... I think he said something about his father's ring. The Genasi did. Yeah, the Genasi did. As he was jumping off, he said that he was going to come back for his father's ring. And your patron just gave it to you? Yeah, he just gave it to me. Aren't Air Genasis... Don't... Isn't one of their parents like a... a what are they called? Sorry out of game. What are they called? Jens? In D&D? &D? Yep. Jens. Jens? Okay. Yeah, sorry. Okay. Take two! Aren't uh, Erdogan's, aren't one of their parents Jens? Is, can a Jin be a, a patron? Uh, I think so. Is it, is it possible your patron is also his father? Uh, it's possible. I don't... I really haven't talked to Hade that much to, to figure out if he has any offspring be honest i really don't talk to him that much he just gave me the ring and said be off with you you may need more information on that if uh, people are looking for it yeah it kind of scares me now that he may be after it because without this i don't have my powers we could keep that safe then the crew will take and tuck it like underneath his tunic if we were to put it in a bag of holding would you still be able to use your powers no, I think it has to be on me. On you? Yeah. Well, that's unfortunate. We'll find a way to hide it. Yeah. But he's, he seemed to sense it. He knew it was there before he even saw it. So that may be tricky. So this may be a, a conversation for when we're more awake. But do we want to yeah. keep going through the captain's stuff? Uh, yeah, have you looked over those papers? Those letters? No, I thought you had them, John. Well, I thought Lucas had them. Oh, I... Uh... I, I'll get them, and I, I'll walk over. <laughs> I'll walk over to them, and I'm gonna cast uh, dispel magic on oh, it. On the box. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. You feel like the power that was associated with the box fades away. Um, as you as you do that, um, you begin to notice it's kind of like a little black hole behind that box that begins to just precipitate. I'm sorry. What is it doing? This this dissipate. Um, Dissipating. Dissip yeah, dissipate. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what did I say? <laughs> like it's it's fading away. It's fading away. Yep. Okay. Yeah, okay. it can begins to fade away. Um, and there is like a a number on the side, like a mailbox number on the side, and that number begins to fade as well. So, do you want to finish okay. your spell? There's a number on the side of the box that is fading away. Yeah, it looks like a mailbox number. Okay. Can I? read the number before yeah I, I i am assuming that this is a trap so that's why i am doing this yeah no. and i'm gonna continue with it but can i uh read the number before it fades completely yep uh nine nine two five a b nine nine two five eight zero nine five two f wait nine two f nine two five eight b excuse me with your other numbers Nine two five eight, and then the letter B. Yes, as in boy. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, there's there's three letters that you can grab. Um, the first one looks like a bill from the Air Crocker Crier. Um, the second one looks like it's a, a, yeah, you can sign up for this fancy magazine 
for um, food flavor unlimited. And it looks like if you open the letter up, it would be something to get this magazine about different types of um, new types of food that you can order and have shipped to different locations to pick up. Kind of like a, a box, a meal kit box. Um, it looks like he's left that one in the mailbox for a while, though. It's got a lot of dust on it. Um, you assume since he's got a cookie, he doesn't have to worry about getting meal kits anymore. Um, the last one, though, has a seal on the back of it. Uh, that's a uh, like kind of candle seal on the back. Um, and on the front, it's specifically addressed to um, Captain Nadar. Um, and it says it's from an Anne Bonnie. That's A N N E, last name Bonnie, B O N N Y. Um, and then the symbol on the back, uh, Jean. I make a perception check for me. Hmm. I think that's a yes, 15. Yeah, you recognize that symbol um, as the, one, the symbol that the lady that has put you under contract with Nadar. Um, that's her symbol. Hmm. Hey everyone, it's Stolen here. I play Crew, a member of the Fates. I really hope you're enjoying our podcast. If you are, please make sure to follow and like us on any kind of podcasting app you're using. If you're watching this on YouTube, make sure to hit that like button, the subscribe, and even leave a comment. Any kind of interaction really helps the algorithm and can help push our content out to anybody. Word of mouth is really how we're going to continue to grow and thrive and make this kind of content for you. And we really hope that you can help us continue to do that. We're also on social media. You can follow us at, on Twitter at Dicey Experience and on Instagram at A Dicey Experience. Using the hashtag A Dicey Fate is also a great way to interact with us, and we look forward to interacting with you back. So, without further ado, let's get back to that story. What does that one say, Lucas? I crack it open, and I'll read the letter. Uh, the letter on the inside, um, basically, the gist what you can understand and gather from it is, um, Nadar, I am, I am surprised that you were willing to pay the full fee for um, Jean. We would like you to consider sending Jean home if he is interested in returning. Um, however, it's between you and him. Um, how soon do you plan on telling him? And you can see the date was maybe a day or two ago that the payment was sent. Does Lucas read that out loud? Uh, I... Yeah, I do. That... Can I swear? <laughs> yes! Sean <laughs> <laughs> looks at the other two bargainers, we're pirates, can I swear? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll look into the closet at Captain Nadar and say that bastard and pull out my flintlock and shoot him okay <laughs> uh, yeah the the bullet goes right through his, his left shoulder Sean what, what and I grab his gun what, what are you doing I, I've been enslaved to this man <laughs> and again Lucas the the, it's clear that the payment was sent just a few days ago and that this letter came in maybe like yesterday through this magic mailbox 
John is just like red and can't really like put words together, but he's furious. Uh, he's just kind of like, I've been enslaved to this man. I've worked my tail off, put my life on the line, gone into dragon's lairs and all this nonsense that we've had to put up with. And he just rides me the entire time. And here I've been free for who knows how long. And he had no plans to tell me. I have a life. I don't know about you two and what you're doing here. What has led you to this ship. But I have a life that I've been working for. Lucas, can you tell when the captain got that letter? Uh, he got this a day ago. So... Sean, it's not like he was keeping you without, you know, knowledge. He He could have shared that plan. I've been scraping every single piece of gold that I can find into my pockets to try and earn my keep and pay my own way. Would have been nice to have some communication. Did you know that he had paid for you to be here? No, of course not. He kept holding this sum over my head, then threatening me at every turn that if I didn't shape up, if I didn't do this or that, that he'd send me off to the mines or who else? To who knows where else? Okay. I'm here to pay off a debt to, to Miss Bonnie. That's my sole purpose for... I, My aunt will... And John just kind of shuts his mouth at that point and just looks at the other two and says, My life at this point is not meant to be on the sea. Every moment I am here is a moment I might die. And I have a life back home I would like to get to. That's not the Jean I know. The Jean I know takes every moment he can to steer that ship. I I see the joy on your face whenever you do. You're not wrong, but there are greater forces on this ocean than chameleons that pop out of nowhere and triton jellyfish that pop out of the sea and as much as I may love the sea and as much as it calls to me until those greater forces are dealt with it is not safe for me here well then who's to deal with those forces we could deal with those forces (laughs) the the three of us on a keel ship against an entire navy a flotilla it would never happen. It doesn't have to remain just three. And plus, we have the Neil Bog. We have Freddy. You know, we're starting to grow. I appreciate your gumption and loyalty. And but my Aunt Soleil Lafayette is not to be trifled with. And by the time we have a crew a quarter the size of hers she will have heard that I am back on the seas and she will not rest until the bone raker brings this ship down to its watery grave why is your aunt looking for you she's mad must run in the family so you have you have one aunt who is looking to kill you and another aunt that sold you to slavery no no miss bonnie is is not my aunt. She is a financier who lent me a great sum of money, me and my companion Drake, 
uh, to go on a merchant expedition and see if we could make some money for ourselves and for Miss Bonnie and uh, my aunt Saleh uh, came across us, killed our entire crew, sank our ship and left us with naught but our lives and obviously we lost all of Miss Bonnie's money and so it has been my lot in life to repay that sum here under Captain Nadar. And that is what I have been attempting to do, only to find out now that he has paid it for me. Which I am grateful for, but the treatment I have endured has... I just... it's confusing, I suppose. Don't you think a good way to show your gratitude for him paying off your debt would be to restore him to how he was, at least? I suppose, although, to be quite honest, I don't know what you two had in mind, but well, I, I suppose could... this map and compass are worth quite a deal to the correct person, seeing as how they're willing to kill for it. I, Since I had a debt to pay, my intention was to simply sell it off and make what money I could. If somebody's willing to kill for it, just think of what's at the end of the map. You could be able to pay off your debt tenfold. I could buy some titles, too. Didn't you say your friend Drake? Maybe you could pay off his debt, too. I suppose. I mean, trust me, and crew gestures around to the ship. This is definitely not what I intended with my life, but the captain there... He showed me quite a lot, in the, even just the last week. He showed me family. He showed me friendship. I just, at this point, I feel like I, I'm indebted to him. I owe it to him. So this is where I'm staying. It's certainly tempting. I, my family used to be nobles. And due to my aunt's insanity, we lost all of our land and titles. I suppose if going to the terrarium nets us a large sum and I could buy back some of our position, it would be worth the risk. I think you've persuaded me, Bull. Lucas, how do you feel? I came here on the ship to find new ingredients and recipes from my cookbook so I could go back home and show some people what I'm made of. I mean, Nadar helped me with that and took me where no one else would, so I I need to set him right. Alright then. Sounds like three votes for the terrarium. Let's just take the night to rest, reflect, and sell out towards Linguina in the morning to get this ship back in order. Maybe pick up a couple of new crewmates to help. We'll certainly need quite a crew if we're going to be dealing with unknown threats as well as the unknown threats of the terrarium and who knows what else we may face between now and then and who knows maybe we can make it there without your aunt finding out about us that would be phenomenal i can guarantee if she does find out about this endeavor we will need to be ashore very quickly i think we should get some rest i agree dibs on the captain's bed and crew runs over and jumps in the bed. Mm. Okay. 
I mean, I figure I'm the biggest <laughs> one. I need the biggest bed. Nameless is in the corner of the bed and he begins to growl. I just throw a pillow at him. <laughs> <laughs> Nameless would come in and, and run between um, John's legs. Uh, Nameless, you're you're fine. Leave the man alone. He's scarier than Lily. Yes. Yeah, speaking of which, uh, what are these dolls? That? Oh, oh, what, oh, what did we not tell you about that? I killed one of them and stabbed you another. What? You killed one? Or did I shoot two of them? No, we shot one and bolted with the lightning another one. The one that was shot is mostly fine. They're what's been cleaning the ship. I don't like that. They're the... We promised to get them back to their home. Yeah, we're supposed to be taking them to the Feywild. We... who... did the captain know about this? We were actually talking to him about it when all hell broke loose. Uh, I... how did they get aboard the ship? That's... okay. First questions first. <laughs> who are these things and where did they come from? So you remember that note cave? Yes. That was theirs. That was their room. And they were friends of the Nilbog, and we we agreed for the nope. Nilbog to come along, nope. and they came nope. with us. Nope. You keep using the word we. <laughs> we decided nothing. <laughs> it sounds as though the two of you decided something. No, you you signed that contract for the Nilbog to come on. The Nilbog! Not Nilbog and friends. We didn't know about Nilbog and friends either. Until then, <laughs> they're they're here now. Yeah, they're here now. I mean, and well, two of them are. Did you kill one of them? No, no, I did not. Nameless so did. Insight check. Natural one. Yes. <laughs> you have no idea, if John's telling you the truth or not. Uh, well, they. Uh, nil. Oh, what are their names again? Uh, Sally, Sarah, Lily, are you here? Um, yeah, you see, um, Sally pokes her head in. She looks completely, like, charred. Her hair is, like, two or three strings now. It's kind of poking in different directions. She kind of leans in. She's completely black, blackened. Um, as as if she got struck by lightning. Um, Lily leans in, and she's, she's given just a beady glare at Jean, but she's got a bullet wound. At least a bullet hole through her. Um... And Sarah is just kind of hiding in the corner of the door. Like, you can see her little hand sticking th on the on the door frame, but you don't really see the rest of her body. It's like she's hiding from John. When they appear, you see crew kind of cower up into the bed a little bit. Yeah, John's got his rapier out, and he's pointing it down at him and making sure they're keeping their distance. Well, hang on, and I kind of put my hand on your hand with your sword, and I kind of try and lower it. Hang on, but... They have been helping us this whole time. There's, they haven't done anything bad to us. They snuck aboard a ship and cleaned. That's Bull's job. I'm the navigator. How many <laughs> times do I have to tell you? <laughs> the, the navigator? <laughs> I swear just yesterday you told me that you were the lookout. Uh, it morphs. I see. Lily shakes her head just in... Just she just shakes her head. Uh, hey, I, uh, I point to each one of them and I say, John, this is this is Sally, this is Sarah, this is Lily. We need to help them get back to the Feywild. 
the captain said that there's a portal to the Feywild in the terrarium. So we're really killing two birds with one stone here. Lucas, Bull, I want you to understand something. I'm not an entirely, completely intelligent man. But I do understand the difference between I and we. And you keep saying we, and we did not agree to three whatever they are's doing whatever they're doing. Well, we, we discussed with the captain in the room who at the time was in charge of this vessel. And what did the captain say? He said, so he agreed with all this, that we're going along with all this. Well, the captain's not here now. They did agree to stay out of our rooms, if that helps. But what are they? They're fae. John looks down at them and eyes them suspiciously and just... Are you going to cause any trouble? They shake their head no. Lily shrugs her shoulders. Do not touch me. They, Sarah and Sally, nod their head yes, and Lily shrugs her shoulders. You? <laughs> Holy one? I don't like that. Lily points at herself and looks back and forth. Yes. No touching. Or I'll throw you overboard. Her shoulders slump and she kind of does one of those like where her hands just kind of go like whatever in the air. She walks off. I don't like this. I think we handled that pretty well. Yes, I, we did. I think that was an eye moment. <laughs> <laughs> Read the room, bowl. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Before this day gets any weirder... Y'all yeah, leave my room so I can go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> John will happily walk out. <laughs> night comes. Um, no storms, no wind. It's just kind of a nice a nice night with the, the three moons don't, don't appear. It just, um, it's just the stars. The sea stays calm... Occasionally you hear a fish or two kind of pop up to eat a bug or something as they're splashing out of the water. Next morning comes with a little bit of a fog. Not a mystical, magical fog like you saw from the uh, Air Genasi the day before, but a nice, peaceful morning fog. The uh, dolls do what they always do. They stayed up all night and made sure everything was clean and put in order. Though they did stay out of everybody's rooms as requested. Crew at some point during the night stuck a healing potion outside his door. You see a nice... Um, handwritten thank you note from uh, from Sally oh. and an empty bottle when you wake up in the morning. John, you hear nameless growl once or twice in the middle of the night and you, you can only assume it's Lily who's peeking in every once in a while just to make sure you're actually asleep. Um, and of course, nameless is keeping a good eye out for you. Much appreciated. An uneventful evening though, besides those two moments. Um, it's morning. You guys have, have rested, you've got your full spells back, feel rested, health is back. I imagine Lucas is in the kitchen cooking again, while Lily's frantically trying to get the dishes clean. Um, Freddy does make his way up. Um, seems to be doing a little bit better, though his sea legs still don't seem like they're quite underneath him just yet. Fred Drakin heard lots of noise yesterday. Everything okay? Is he talking to me? Yeah. Oh, Fred Drakin, I'm sorry I forgot about you. Um... <laughs> <laughs> you, f you forgot about me? Uh, oh, uh, no wonder you can come check on Frederican. Uh, a lot happened yesterday, uh, Frederican. We, some people attacked the ship, and you know, the captain is 
now turns to Crystal and uh, I think Crew is now captain. I'm not too sure. Uh, you know, a lot happened, so you know, I'm sorry I didn't come get you, but uh, I, uh, I'll say thank you by giving you some food and I'll uh, put over a plate of food to him. Frederican just kind of sits there with a big stupor on his face for a long time and then he just kind of looks over at you wide eyed and he goes, That's a lot before coffee! Yeah. You guys roll into the kitchen the next morning? Crew does. Yes, Sean will as well. What's, uh. What's for breakfast? Uh, I'm making some smoked salmon and a, a wild berry and a parfait for everybody. I needed to take my mind off a few things, so I may have gone a little crazy, but you know, here you go. Crew takes some of the parfait and starts. Slowly eating it. Or drinking points at your salmon. Are you gonna eat that? I am. I just enjoy the parfait first. He leans over to John and puts it Sean salmon. Are are you gonna eat that? Yes. Oh. Rodrigan, you don't need to ask for other people's food. We've got more here and I kinda of give him more. Oh, thank you. Oh. Master only gave us so much. This is this is more than my Frederican's had in a long time. You eat a lot for such a small creature. I threw up a lot too. We may need to see someone about that. Sea sickness is not for the weak. It's weak. I think that's actually exactly who it's for. Oh, I'm sorry about your friend. We'll, Which, we'll get him back. Which friend? What happened? Your captain. Oh, uh, oh yes. Sad day. So, what should I do today, Master? I mean, Lucas. I mean, Master. I mean, Lucas. Yeah. Yes, Federican. What? What should I do today? What were you doing yesterday? Throwing up, being sick. How about you go ask Sally or Sarah if you can help them? Oh, oh, oh okay. You kind of you can see his anxiety rise and his heart beats really fast, but he walks out the door wide-eyed looking for Sally and Sarah. So I guess we should raise anchor soon and start heading towards Linguina. Agreed. Sounds like a plan. We need to make some repairs and pick up some crew and resupply our vessel. I would recommend that while we're there we stay as incognito as possible. We don't need people necessarily knowing where we're going or where we've been. Okay. It yeah. might be more difficult to pick up crew that way, but uh, it would just be best if we stay as low-key as possible. We we got some some gold in that bag of holding. That should at least entice a few. Absolutely. Hey, John? Yes, DM? Um, just so you know, um, John knows that Linguina is a pirate safe haven. Yeah. Surrounded by a coral reef. Uh, it functions as a barrier. kind of keeps other ships off. at the have to know how to navigate through that coral barrier. I've got a couple of things in mind for Linguina, but what does John know to be true about the island of Linguina? Uh, Linguina has the absolute best spiced rum cake. Linguina is nothing but a hive of scum and villainy. For the most part, there's not a lot of like inns or taverns that people are staying in. They pretty much just litter the beach and 
the woods and things like that and set up little pop-up tents and whatnot. Uh, there are a few people that live there, but a lot of people are, are transient, just waiting for the next ship or waiting for their ship to go out to sea again. And so there's a large population that just kind of throws up temporary housing along the, the beaches and streets and whatnot. And those areas can get very dangerous at times. Um, Linguina at night is much more dangerous than Linguina during the day, but there's always a good selection of, of friendly folk about, just as long as you know who to ask for directions. Perfect. You share any of this information with your friends or partner. Yes, I will give them as much information as I can, and if I have contacts in the town still, I'll let them, like, point them in the right direction. But I'll let them know I plan to stay aboard the vessel unless they absolutely need me for something. Uh, I, because there might be people there who know who I am, and again, like, that we can't have that be getting out. And so I'll make sure that they also know not to be like, oh yeah, we're sailing with Jean Lafayette. Uh, or anything like that, but I, I will point them to certain people that are good people in the town and can potentially show them some new crewmates and things like that. Is there any way we could disguise you? It's certainly possible, but uh, unless we do it by magical means, I would be wary. The, the Herengon race is fairly interconnected to one another. And so any Herengon out at sea will be suspicious. So I, I don't know what sorts of, of magic you can do. I don't know if there's any sorts of illusionary, illusionary charm you could cast. Uh, but I would say so long as I look like a Herengon, it may not necessarily be safe for me. I, I suppose I could go out at night. There's much more drunkenness and... It'll be easier to potentially lose people in the crowds of drunkenness and rabble-rousing. I can I can magically disguise myself, but I don't believe I could use it on anybody else. I got nothing. Yes. Well, then, uh, I would say if you would like me to accompany you, then we might move under the car cover of darkness and... I can throw on a, a cloak or something to uh, hide my face, but uh, if we'd like to be safer and move during the day, then it, it would probably be best for us if, if it were just the two of you on land. Give me some of that spice rum cake. But you have to get it from St. Marie's on a Thursday. That's what, when it's best. What day is it now? I couldn't tell you. I don't know how to read stars. Um... <laughs> <laughs> You would know it's Wednesday. Hey, hey, hey! <laughs> <laughs> so Thursday is tomorrow. Oh, we need to get going. Yeah, we need to hurry. We need to be there on Thursday. It's tomorrow. Uh, I need. We, do we need to? Do they sell out? Do we need to get there before they sell out? Oh, they they should have plenty. On Wednesday is when the rum shipments typically come in, and so on Thursday the cakes are nice and fresh. All right. Well, then pull up that anchor. Let's go. Crew will crew will run out and start climbing up the crow's nest 
get about halfway up, slip down a couple, and you see him kind of readjust and tighten his pants and mutter something, and then continue up. Uh, bull? Bull? Are we going for cake or not? Bull? bull? The, the captain usually stands here, and John points at the helm. Yeah, but you know the way I don't. I see. You're the navigator? That's what you said you were? Uh, today feels more like an outlook day. Right then. Okay. <laughs> and John will <laughs> take the helm. I'll just let you you handle it for the day. We'll, we'll reassess tomorrow. As you wish, Captain. And as the older Herringon says, as you wish, the 15-year-old boy who's claiming to be captain of this ship, we will begin to fade out from this scene and close out for the evening. Thank you all for hanging out with us, and um, next time, it'll get deadly serious next time. Peace. Long live Captain Crew! <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> <laughs>